You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. A commanding Game 1 win for the Boston Celtics over the Toronto Raptors, 112 to 94 to take a one nothing series lead. I'm Sarah Goodwill here with Jimmy Toscano, Joe Swapavone, and Bobby Manning. Guys, a little bit surprising how dominant the Celtics were in this game, really from the jar- not start. Not a enormously impressive offensive performance, but really good on D. All five starters ended the game in double digits. Tatum and Smart with 21 points apiece, a game high. Was Marcus Smart really the difference maker in this one, especially with Gordon Hayward's absence? Yeah, he needed to be, and he came out and hit that first shot, and you knew he was going to start rolling all night, hit his first three shots. And you see Toronto overextend on the defense to the right side, when they get that first possession going. And Smart gets wide open shots off of that. He's going to have the weakest defender on him the whole series whenever he's out there. And after that 10 of 30, I said he's going to be the guy. He's going to fill those open shots that Hayward left behind, and he did it in this game. Yeah, it's a huge plus to have someone like Marcus Smart in that starting lineup for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, obviously, offensively, that was a huge spark that a lot of us didn't necessarily expect out of Marcus. But defensively, he's the anchor of that defense, you know? The Celtics did a really good job of rattling uh, Toronto's best guys, guys like Siakam, Lowry. You know, the, the defense that they put on those guys, I mean, they're so important for the rest of the team. Obviously, the Toronto Raptors have more than two guys that can go off, but they're, they're the ones that really get things going. And I think the, the Celtics did a good job defensively of rattling those two and uh, made really forced Toronto to play catch-up from the beginning and throughout. Yeah, I think I think I'll say he's the X factor. You know, that's kind of like my my word for Marcus Smart, and and not only in this game, but in this series. I mean, when Gordon Hayward went down, everybody said it. Well, so much of that production has to fall on Marcus Smart now, and if he if he fails to produce on that end, on the offensive end, um, we know he's going to produce defensively. But if he fails to produce at all offensively, it's going to be hard for them to keep up with a team like the Toronto Raptors. They can get by a team like Philly because they, that that they, they were just listless at that point. But you really need an all-hands-on-deck mentality. And I thought Marcus Smart totally answered the bell today. I mean, he came out firing. And it, it, when, when, he, when he hit those first couple threes, you're like, okay, if this is the Marcus Smart they're getting today, it's going to be extremely difficult for the Raptors to, to beat the Celtics because they're very deep in their starting lineup. When you slide Marcus Smart in and he's effective, I mean, you already know it, Tatum, Brown, Kemba. And we haven't even mentioned his name, Daniel Tice, my other X factor, because this guy, you know, he had to come up and have a, the hardest matchup of all against the Sixers. And, and listen, the, Embiid did his thing. But Daniel Tice is huge for the Celtics team against a big Raptor squad, and I thought he totally came to play today, 15 rebounds. Giving him a whole video, too, so check that out. I, I'll I say know. on Smart, too, <laughs> took the second charge on Siakam. That was huge. Yes, huge. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. And 
Now the Raptors' only two losses of the bubble are to the Celtics by a combined 40 points. Not a standout game by one. It's not like Tatum dominated, Kemba went right. off. It was just a really balanced attack. Do you think it's time to change the predictions from Celtics and seven to maybe six or five? Or did Toronto just have one of wow. their game one slip-ups that they are not- notorious for? They are notorious for starting slow in series, and they, will t- they can turn things around. We know that. But do the- are the Celtics just better? Game one and today, in this environment especially, I think is overrated. We've seen Portland take game one. We've seen uh, the Mavericks play yeah. and good wow. enough to Comparing win in that the series. Celtics to an eight seed. Okay. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> in most Noted. series, you lose home court and you have to win four or six after that. And this is just seven straight neutral court games. So I know Toronto can adjust. Nick Nurse didn't have a great game today, but I think they'll slide up Ibaka's minutes, which went well in this one. Siakam, if he doesn't have three fouls in the first few minutes there, that's something they're going to have to adjust. It's a whole different game because then they're playing Ibaka and Gasol together for big stretches of this one. They got taken out of this game in the first quarter, and I think they're going to be able to bounce back. I'm still sticking with Toronto in this series, by the way. Yeah, I'm not sticking with Toronto in this series, but I do see the Celtics going seven games against this team. This team is far from done. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, they just have to make those uh, adjustments to get those two guys that I mentioned before going, but also uh, to get the second unit. I'm still giving them the edge here against the Celtics, regardless of what uh, the Celtics did in game one. I, I still like the Raptors' second unit better than the Celtics' second unit, but the adjustments that Nick Nurse is going to make will obviously – um, force Brad Stevens to make some switches as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in game two. But I don't, I'm not, I don't think we'll see a blowout by any means, you know, in game two. Definitely not. I, I had Celtics in seven, but I said I wouldn't be surprised if it was Celtics in six. So that's looking great. I'm not changing that. I know Bobby's going from Raptors in six to Raptors in five after what he saw today because he's just a Celtics hater and a Raptors lover. So <laughs> I, I know there's no changing his mind. No, I'm just kidding. But, no, listen, I, I, I like what I saw from the Celtics today. If you're the Raptors, you get to look at that box score on the Celtics side and say, wow, they killed us from all angles today. There wasn't one guy that went from start to finish. I mean, they were just an, a, a well-balanced attack. And if you're the Raptors, you can say, okay, what, what can we do to slow a couple of these guys down, get them off of rhythm, like the Celtics did to uh, Siakam. I mean, took him out of the game right off the bat. And the Raptors never had, like, a plan B for that. It felt like they were just reeling from, from that point on. And just treading water, you know, they, they didn't have anything to answer what the Celtics were doing offensively and certainly on defensively. To quote uh, Ty Lue from back a couple years ago, too, they threw them a loop with Semi Ojale. That Semi Ojale loop always gets the other teams, and it did again yeah. today. He was, he was solid. Well, we've given the Celtics their fair share of criticism for their lack of big men this entire season. We're going to give them their well-deserved love today in a separate video. So you can check that, that out as yeah. well as all of our Celtics postseason coverage on our website at clnsmedia.com. And subscribe to our YouTube channel over at Celtics All Access. Sports are back, and when you are in the heat of competition in the NBA playoffs, you don't want anything slowing you down, even if it's some moisture down below, you want to clear out your lawn, well, Manscaped has found a new way to do that. That's the Lawnmower 3.0, the best hygiene tool for the modern man. If you're like me, you like to keep it trimmed down low when you're in the heat of the competition, 
just for comfort. Or you got a big date, got anything that you could possibly need to trim your bush for. Go with the lawnmower 3.0. Can even get the perfect package, which comes with all kinds of grooming necessities, as I said, for the modern man. So get 20% off and free shipping when you go to manscaped.com. Use the code MAXWELL20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code MAXWELL20. Take your grooming game to the next level with Manscaped. The big men showed up in game one for the Boston Celtics in their commanding win over the Toronto Raptors. I'm Sierra Goodwill here with Jimmy Toscano, Joe Sweet Pavone, and Bobby Manning. Daniel Tice, 15 rebounds in this game. Ooh. Really, really a difference maker. He, okay, he he missed a couple bunnies around the rim. He, he could have, you know, finished a little better, but his rebounding uh, was really significant in this game. How impressive has Tice been, not just today, but really all season? And we might not have given him the credit he really deserves. I think he's been the most important player on the team this year. When you think about losing Al Horford wow. and needing a guy to step up in that spot and be nearly as good. It's like, no, that's what everybody worried about on this team coming in this year. Oh, they have Cantor. Oh, they have Tice yeah. stepping in that role. And he's been awesome. I'd say he's been a top 10 center this year in terms of production on both ends of the floor and the rebounding in this one. So strong, gets all the positioning down there. I only remember one weird bounce that Toronto got to OG. They flushed back in terms of offensive rebounds, and that limits Marcus Saul's effectiveness. I think that limited what Serge Ibaka could do down low. And honestly, the whole team, too, stepped up around him. Sometimes you need to tip it to a Wanamaker. They're all right there. Every Celtic who played in this game, except Kemba, had at least five rebounds. I don't know if top 10 center is a, a huge compliment in the NBA, but I, I'm okay. That's agreed. I guess Tyson's top 10. I think it's a compliment. Was he above Horford this year? I think he was. Yeah, that's okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Money. But uh, especially in this series, yeah. I mean, in, in the bubble overall, too, that's been really overlooked. We've been talking about it for weeks, but um, on the national stage, I just don't – I don't think he gets enough credit. I mean, maybe this game will uh, change things. Those 15 rebounds will go a long way. But offensively, I think what – What's impressed me the most with him is just the confidence he has in that jump shot. I mean, that there's one play in particular uh, where he, he, he threw an up fake from behind the arc, an up fake that sent Mark Gasol flying and gave an open lane for Tice. I mean, that's just really opened things up for him on the offensive end. And if he's putting up points like that, or if he's just, just having that threat out there, you know, a, a starting lineup where every single player can shoot from behind the arc and uh, you're forcing teams to go out and guard him. I think that's made a huge difference for this team and it's made things really difficult for the Raptors to defend. Yeah, Sierra. Wow. As I have a dragonfly land on me. Sierra, you, you nailed it off the top. Um, I think Tice has played like a player that we is an unheralded player. We've all undervalued him, underrated him, and not just nationally, but I think, you know, unless you're the diehard of most diehard fans, you probably don't appreciate what he brings to the team as much as you should. But I mean, on a game like today where he, where he rips 15 boards and like Josue mentioned, you know, gets more confidence with that outside shot. He really gives you the ability to do so many things offensively. And he's playing like a guy who hears everyone say that the Celtics are undersized mm -hmm. or don't have a true center, or don't have enough, you know, size down low to compete. He's playing like a person who has a lot to prove. 
And he's proving a lot of people wrong, myself included, because one of the things I said was that the Raptors' length and their size scares me. And you saw Ibaka effective at points out there today, but you never thought that the Celtics were overmatched, you know, down low or, or at any point really in, in the game. So all credit to Tice. I mean, he even got into it with Ibaka a bit there. So, you know, you, ha- you know, he talk about unheralded players. He's right up there. Important. I don't know if I'll say he was the most important player on the team. I might go, not go that far, Bobby, but you, but you really do. I mean, if you took him out of the equation, I mean, what do you do at center? I mean, Rob Williams, we'll talk about him next, but you, you can't, you can't depend on trouble. those players. They'd exactly. be in big trouble if they lost him. You wouldn't know where to go sure. because he fits in every matchup too. All these other guys, Rob, you can't play him against Philly. Ennis, you can't play him here. This guy can play right. Embiid. He can play Gasol. He can play Ibaka. Anybody you see out there. Top yeah, 10 been- center. Dead or alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You mentioned it though, Bobby. Ennis Cantor, zero minutes in game one. Time Lord, Rob Williams with some serious burn. He was perfect from the field. Obviously, he adds that significant athleticism. His game can always be sharpened up. But how much of a difference maker can Williams really be in this series? He flies around everywhere out there. You see him bouncing the ball like Rodman on the rebounds. You see him blocking shots in transition, flying to the rim. It didn't start smoothly, though. When he went out there, Abaka's shooting over his head two times, almost got a third three in a row to go, and I was like, uh-oh, this is, this is starting to look like those Philly lapses. And then he gets a quick dart to the basket, dunks, and makes plays. I don't think he's a great rebounder. I didn't love his rebounding in this game, but every other area, he was rock solid. And that intimidation block on, I think it was Lowry, or uh, it might have been Powell out there. I forget mm-hmm. who it was, but he laid a monster one down, got called for a foul, but that's you know, he, he's that kind of impact player. And Doris Burke loved him. I don't think she raved about any player as much. That as was him. great. <laughs> she went into the whole back On and on about the Time Lord. The Time Lord origin story, yep. It's and then she kept going on about it. I'm like, okay, they know the story now. Okay, you told it already. Yeah, she was loving hey, it. Hey, I'll listen to that story all day. I mean, Bobby, <laughs> that block was – I mean, it, it was a foul. There was a little too much contact. But just the – just, you know, the force he went up and just swatted that ball. It was just like – you got to think twice when you when you go down into that territory because that presence is there, you know. I'm not going to quite say yet that he's Bill Russell. I'm not going to go full Tommy Heinsohn on everybody. But I'm seeing shades of it. So, I, I like what I see so far. Yeah, he's no Steamsman, but he's, he's making a difference. <laughs> he's no right? it's, it's a big difference for sure. And, um, yeah, to Jimmy's, to Jimmy's point, that presence goes a long way, especially against a team like this. Uh, and, and also those outlet passes. I, I see you, Robert. I see what you're doing. Like, that makes a huge difference. Uh, he had a couple instances where he did that. That, that uh, He started forced- the pass uh, rate for the Celtics. And if he didn't do it, if he waited one or two seconds, you know, it would have uh, changed things. So those sort of heads-up plays, Brad Brad loves those. Brad's that, here for that. So That transition play where him and Smart are just flying through the sky and putting oh, each back on like two misses. <laughs> like, that's don't the forget, most fun this team gets. Don't forget the windmill dunk. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that windmill <laughs> dunk because – you know what? That tells me that he's kind of feeling himself a little bit out there. You know, maybe the old Rob just goes ahead and puts it in, right? And just, you know, cool, calm, and collect. But, no, I mean, Rob Williams is having a little bit more confidence out there. He feels like he belongs in the court. Yeah, he's going to throw down a little windmill in your face. I'm fine with that. Hey, and uh, let's – you know, if he came out in the playoffs and was a complete dud, you know, the talk radio people would have been laughing at us, all oh, hyping up Rob Williams. But he has legitimately changed the team because he gives you efficient scoring off the bench and defense, which is two things they needed there. Absolutely. Well, for all of our Celtics playoff coverage, you can find it on our website at tlnsmedia.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel over at Celtics All Access.